When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We are recording at USA Football's National Conference in Louisville and taking some time out of his busy day to sit down with me is the Director of High Performance at William & Mary, Eric Quorum. Eric, great to have you back on the podcast. We've done this a couple times. Yes. uh, It's great to be sitting down with you here too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I know the last time we talked, I think it was it's actually one of my favorite ones with the high-performance guys. We talked about sleep. Yes, we did. The importance of sleep. And for our listeners, I'll, I'll link back to that one. I think it's a great one really to share, not only with your staff, because there's some staff things in there about sleep, but definitely with your players too. So we'll link that up. But, Coach, you know, I was talking to Andy Ryland the other day, and he was telling me what you're going to speak about. I'm like, wow, that is so interesting. And so this is some of this kind of evolved out of a, you, the way you study things and look at things. And, you know, the biggest thing is you want your guys on game day to perform at their highest levels. And as, as we were walking in here, you, you told me, like, you know, a coach who's with the Panthers now told you, like, when, we, when I look at the season, we were never tired. We were never, you know, gasping for air. We yeah. were in shape to, to play the game at our best the whole season. Yeah, that was that was a great compliment, and it's, it's a testament to him, too, and our football staff. But, you know, something I want to talk about today is something called mental models. And a mental model is just, it's, it's, it describes how the world works. It shapes how you think, how you understand, and how you form beliefs. And when we look at how we script practice, we have to have the right model or the right framework so that we understand what is actually happening on the field. And really, when you script practice, I'm going to talk to the coaches today that you know, you're improving the physical, the psychological, the technical and tactical abilities of your athletes. Not only are you trying to improve their technical tactical abilities, but you're also working on stress inoculation. How are we preparing them for the stress of the game, the true stress of the game? And then also, you're a strength coach on the field. Because when you script practice, it's like writing a weight program. Because when you practice, there is a biological response. And your body is adapting to perform the task that you're presenting. It's called specific adaptation to imposed demands. Your body's going to adapt to the stimulus you presented. And so I call this the first game conundrum. <laughs> How many of you have ever, you know, been at the first game, you're on the sidelines, your guys passed the conditioning test in the summer and you had a grueling you know two a days or whatever your training camp situation and 
couple series into the game, the coach takes his headset off and is like, our guys are out of shape. Like, he looks at somebody, maybe the strength coach, and goes, our guys are out of shape. <laughs> he's always looking at you. <laughs> yeah, he's always looking at the strength coach. And you're like, the reality is, is he's been the strength coach for the past month. Mm-hmm. And so this is not a blame game. It's a, it's, a, it's a reality game of are you preparing your guys during practice to actually match game demands? Right. And the game demands would shock people. Yeah, and we think – you know, our whole idea is we're going to get them ready for week one. we got to get these guys in shape. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of us, and believe me, I, I've been there as, as a young coach and before I understood some of these things. And even, even now I think it's something you just got to stay on top of because you kind of fall into old habits. But, you know, you think you're training the guys for something, but then when you actually look at what you did, it doesn't look like the game is how the game will look at at all. Yes. And, and so – you end up then in that situation like we're out of shape. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I had a volleyball coach two years ago that I was talking with, and he told me, he was like, Eric, here's this conditioning test we're going to run with our volleyball players. And I'm like, okay, why are you doing this? Well, because we did it at the place I was at before. Okay, why are you doing this? Couldn't answer why. I said, okay, so let's just look at the game of volleyball. What, how much time, what's the work to rest ratio? How long are they active versus how long are they resting between points? I don't know. How many times they change direction during a volleyball match? I don't know. How many times they hit the ball? By this point, he was getting really, really frustrated. And I, he was kind of getting a little angry. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to piss you off. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I just realized I don't even know my own sport. And this is a head Division One volleyball coach. Right. So I said, well, let's, you know, there's not a lot of literature on it. So I was like, why don't you take a stopwatch and let's go watch some games. And he mapped out the entire game. And all of a sudden it was like the matrix, like, you know, the numbers are falling. And he's starting to realize, like, am I, I'm not preparing my athletes for the game. So football, which shocks people, you know, the, the average play is five to six seconds. Passes are a little bit longer. The rest between plays depends on the tempo of your offense sure. or the tempo of your opponent. But what, what the average series is about six plays. But what gets people is is especially at the you know FCS up to the NFL, high school may be a little bit different. But the average rest between when the offense exits the field, special teams occurs, and the offense goes back on, is seven to fifteen minutes. And I tell this to coaches, they're like, no, that's not possible. I'm like, think about it timeouts change of possession media timeouts now all these different things and right. then you just take a stopwatch like get the raw feed of the game the the start to finish and just put us in there like holy cow so what happens is is how do you script practice you know let's say group or team scenarios it's threes for the ones threes for the twos three plays for the threes if you have it or four 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 and then the plays aren't actually being run uh, with the appropriate rest so what happens is is because there's inadequate rest between series of plays, even though they're trying as hard as they can, their effort level goes down to medium. So like if you run a hundred meter sprint and you rest 10 minutes and then you run another one, like great. But if you take off, like you can repeat that effort. But if you take off on a track and you get 100, 200, 300, are you maintaining the same velocity? No, it's going down, 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 down. The winner is the person that can slow down the slowest. So what happens between series of plays is is if you have 7 to 15 minutes to rest, you're fully recovered. So the next time you step on the field, the output is so much higher. Right. 
you don't experience that. So in practice, you're going four on, four off, four on, four off, break, go to you know maybe another indie period, whatever, teach, back to group. You're never simulating the game. Right. So what happens is you get a couple, now on psychological stress, you had to get in a couple series in the game, the players are smoked because they've never had to put out at that high of an intensity from a psychological, a physiological standpoint since the year before. So as the season goes on, you're starting to get into shape. But the reality is you don't have time for that. So you got to construct your practice to match game demands. Right. I mean, when was the last time, you know, I talked to some coaches. I'm like, hey, when was the last time you had a 12 to 12 play drive? Like worst case scenario, go to goal. Yeah. Oh, man, that just, you know, we don't have time for that. Well, it's going to happen. I think Kentucky this year had a 20 play drive. Uh-huh. Now, it changes on the level of, of competition. In sure. the NFL, there hasn't been a 20-play drive in the past century. You know, so these are just all things that you've got to look at with the right lens. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're right. Like, a lot of us do that is, you know, we look at, okay, we're going to get our ones, four plays, and then our twos will come in for two, and then back to the ones, and they never run more than, you know, depending on how many, you know, three-play drive, four-play drive, they're not doing that. Yeah. So, what's your recommendation? And how do we how do we fix that? And you know, what are the, what's the attention we're going to start putting on our practice that is going to better prepare us so we don't have you know the the head coach looking at the strength guy saying our guys are out of shape. Well, first of all, everybody needs to have a seat at the table when you develop the plan because it impacts more than just the technical tactile, the physical mm-hmm. conditioning, their psychological readiness. So, it's called the wisdom of crowds. When you have a bunch of people with different perspectives at the table to poke holes in a situation, you're going to get a better outcome than one person going back into a corner and saying, well, this is what we're doing today. It doesn't work out very well. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I would say is you need to be willing to be open. Everybody's got to be willing to, to constructive criticism and disagreement about the process. Second thing is, is just start with what the game is. So if we know that our team, uh, let's say you're a ground and pound team and you're going to get 65 plays a game, 60 plays a game, and we're going to snap the ball every 35 seconds, and we know our type of versus the other side of the fence. We're going to try to snap it every 25, whatever. And then we know that we we got our average drive is like six, seven plays. But we got to prepare the guys weeks in advance. We're having series of teams, team periods, we're going six maximal effort plays. Guys are going as hard as they can. And then there's seven minutes between, mm-hmm. eight minutes. Well, how do you fill that time productively? Well, the next group can go, and then you can teach something situational. Right. And then, so we can go from first down, we can move the field, we can go into a third down scenario, because now you're working on their football intelligence. A lot of times, so, so scripting that, making sure that over training camp that you're having days where you're accumulating enough plays that are game-like. Mm-hmm. I think our scrimmage days need to be longer. So the average football games, you know, college levels three hours. So when was the last time you had a three-hour scrimmage? You and, know. and I'm not saying that you need to have three hours worth of plays. Right. But you spread everything out over the three hours. Yeah, halftime, guys sitting on the bench. How often do we practice with our comms on? Yeah. Like every like if you work, I do some work in the DOD space. Like those when you train as a as a warfighter, like you are training for the actual event. Mm-hmm. And if your players can't go into the first game saying, I've been here before, then they're not going to have the confidence to execute. Right. And you as a staff need to say everything has been looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing, you know, on game day, 
number one, I, I love putting the headsets on in practice. Yeah. Like, it, was, it was really good just from a communication standpoint yeah. that I didn't have to yell across the field to another coach or whatever, yeah. but also just working the operations exactly like yeah. they would be on game day. Why not do it, right? I mean, I think there was a time when, you know, our technology wasn't as good and those headsets wore out pretty quick. I mean, those things are so durable now oh. and, and, you know, recharge so quickly. And so you just don't, you know, set them aside for game day. Use them. Like, have your equipment guy, get them out and, and go. Use them in practice. It's so good. But the, the other part of it, too, and I had Rob Everett on at the time. I believe he was at Bridgewater College mm. as a defensive coordinator. And he, I'll, I'll link this one in our show notes as well, but he talked about how they would run practices that would have adjustment periods just like they would in the game so that mm. they could practice and put those guys, especially early on in the season, through those situations. What is it going to be like when you come I'm to the sideline? I'm taking a note right now. That is freaking right? great. <laughs> so you, you come to this. We run three or four plays. We've, you know, scripted maybe what the defense is going to do against us and put some things in there that are problematic. And when we come to the sideline, number one, we're, we're listening and we're letting them communicate what yes. they thought they saw. We know what they saw because we scripted it. And then also then giving them here's the plan, right? So if yes. you think about how can I use that time productively, and, you know, this is not necessarily an everyday thing, but some point over the course of the week, how can we do that and get better at the communication it's such an important get it better at making the adjustments oh, and for yeah. coaches too being able to practice it maybe it's some unscripted stuff that the, the head coach controls the situation or whatever and I love it you know that you think about it that way this is the type of innovative thinking that that moves the team forward I'm gonna I want to throw one thing out there for all the strength coaches if it's so important on game day that the players stay back number one spray paint a line X amount of yards or distance from the sideline, and the players have to stay behind that when you do team periods. Right. And number two, I don't. Our strength conditioning coaches—they are not get-back guys. They do not touch a coach. They do not touch a player. It is your responsibility as a head coach or a position coach to—if to, you're asking your guys to be self-disciplined, be disciplined yourself. Mm-hmm. And then they are not get-back guys. That's a—that's like. That's a knock on the profession. Right. So it's funny because the refs will always come up for the game and talk to our head strength coach and be like, hey, are you the get-back guy? He goes, no, I'm the director of athletics performance. How can I help you? <laughs> and they, they just look baffled. They're like, they're like, no, I am not a get-back guy. I'm a professional at what I do. And our coaches know we don't touch them. Yeah. You know, and, and guess what? Like our players just – you get what you emphasize. Yes. So if you tell if it's important to you, if it's, if it's, if it's important on game day, it must be important every single day. And I think that, you know, we get to game day and all of a sudden we panic. Game day should be like, you are prepared, you are ready to go, you've been there before, there's, you know, you know how to manage your stress and anxiety, and mm-hmm. it's just time to roll. Yeah, it's, it, there's so much you can do. Think of the high school level, right? And, and a lot of these guys now have the sideline replay systems. And number one, and I, I'm sure the, the instant replay guys will love hearing this. I really think there's a huge market. You go after practice because that stuff is great on game day. And, you know, I helped our local high school team out. It's the first time I was able to watch, you know, play three seconds later on the iPad and say, oh, here's what happened. It was like shooting fish in a barrel, really. Uh. Like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. I wish I could coach with this stuff. But I used to use it in practice. Huh. And I would have, you know, my, my script there, and right underneath my paper script was that iPad. And, and you know, 
very low tech. I had my student assistant with my iPhone who had filmed the play, you know, behind us at the Times coaching O line. And, you know, we were up tempo. So it wasn't like I had a lot of time between plays, but then I could see it and, you know, give my guys a couple cues, right? As they're going to the line again, I could think of, of, of one in particular, you know, telling a, a guard like, yell at him, Teddy, keep your post leg high. Yeah. And he's getting in his stance and he gives me a thumbs up. But I coached them up so much of that, oh, we coach off film. When? When? Uh, the next day. Yeah, it's not fresh <laughs> in their mind. So I think, like, looking at what we have available with the technology and, you know, as even as a college coach, small college coach, like, maybe find some budget for that silent replay to use it in practice to better coach your guys and give them the feedback. We started, before that stuff came out, started just using an iPad right behind and our guys, you know, got used to in between plays, if they needed to see something, it would come over. Like our center would do it all the time. Let me you ask know? you a question. So this is really, you brought something up that's really important. A lot of high school coaches are also teachers. Yes. Would you tell your, let's say you teach math, we're going to coach like <laughs> that. The, the students are performing the, the math, they're, they're executing the math poorly. They don't understand the process. We'll coach them up tomorrow. They're just going to let them make mistakes right now while I see it. No, you would never do that. No. You would immediately intervene, recorrect whatever models in their head about how they're supposed to execute X, Y, and yeah. Z, and then you do it again. Right. The idea that you correct off the film, unless it's a full live situation where you're simulating the game or a testing environment in the class. You see what I'm saying? There's yes, so exactly. many crossovers. Right. Well, and then with what you're talking about, how you spread practice, you know, it does become then that period for feedback. Treat it, you know, if you're going six plays, simulated drive, whatever it might be, treat it like that. Be where you would be Yes. to coach it up. Number one, so, so your eyes are seeing it as you would see it on game day. As a coach, you need that visual acuity. You need to be able to training your mm -hmm. eye. You get reps too. Your reps are limited as well. So if you go and you take your reps from standing behind the offense or in the secondary of the defense or somewhere where you actually aren't going to be on game day, then you know you're not training yourself to what you're seeing either but but let them go like if you wouldn't be able to coach something up on game day for those six plays let it go but then take that adjustment period yeah and coach them up and give them the feedback there I right? mean, it's, it's it's such a it's process beautiful. i mean because how do you remember that i mean you're taking notes like treat those six plays or whatever the simulated drive is like you would on game day for you and your players and you're going to get better on what happens on game day we all have limited reps right we always right. say that for our players we have limited reps as coaches too to get better huh. our, our eyes gotta get trained I mean how do you become good at teaching whatever physical movement you can you study yes you watch film but you give yourself those reps of seeing things yes you know I don't get to well unless I start using you know the instant replay re, you know rewind it and what happened there but my eyes have to get trained as a coach too mm. so I love that idea of, of looking at practice and how do we script it and how do we create our practices so they're more, they're more game-like? I know it's, it's difficult because we got the time crunch. We want to get reps in. We don't want our players out all the time for three hours, and I don't think you're suggesting any no, of not. that. But, you know, is it is it that one day a week? For us it was, you know, Tuesday, college level, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, the heavy work days. We would be in full pads. We didn't necessarily uh, – it was not full contact. There's you know, maybe a few Once you periods, get to the but, season, yeah. the game day is, is stimulus enough for the conditioning of the game. Right. But leading up to that couple-week preparation period, right. at least once a week you need to – if you're going to prepare for the game, you need to have a longer script, a longer practice, yeah. a very long practice. It kind of Maybe it starts two hours and starts creeping up closer to that – 
game duration. Yeah. And, but, you know, during the season, though, getting that work, for Thursdays always for us were actually simulated drives. Uh-huh. So it wasn't the, I, I think we were maybe like a 4-2 ratio or whatever. It, it varied, I think, depending on what we need with our younger players, et cetera. But went away from that typical script, and then on that, it was a simulated drive. And maybe our twos didn't get as many plays. They might maybe we did six or seven with the first team. The other one might get, you know, four series, right? Moving yeah. the ball, picking up a first down, and then they're off the field. Whatever it might be, we always want them to be positive too for these guys and put them in situations they're being in, and you know all the psychological part of it too. Like mm-hmm. you work those things. So I think it's just good training both physically and mentally, right? Technically, tactically, for coaches working that too. You know, and the head coach can control those things, too. He can simulate all that stuff by moving it around and putting his coaches in those situations to have to call plays and be sharp. And, you know, I, I think Noel Mazzoni at Arizona was saying, you know, he you know, he wants to be put in the situation so he could work it. And then afterwards, yes. they kind of do the quality control that I get enough of these reps or that, you know. So there's, there's definitely a little bit of art to it, but I think the science part and what you're saying is something we probably need to pay attention to a little bit more. No question. Well, I appreciate you taking the time here at our national conference. I know you got to run because you have a talk to give, so <laughs> I'm excited to hear about it. But as always, would love to have you back on and talk about more of these things that will help Anytime. us Anytime. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out all we're doing on Twitter, at FBDEVCoach. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach K. Grabowski. And check out our systems for tackling, blocking, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.